everyone, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is episode 30 of season two, number 80 if you're counting overall. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And I am on a lot of prescribed medication this week, <laughs> thusly my happy attitude. It is hard for me to imagine a world where the Chiefs football team is not playing, and the unicorn named Henry that sits beside me that only I can see agrees. Craig, say hello to Henry. <laughs> Hello, Henry. Yes, he says hello because you can't see or hear him because I am on strong psychi- psychiatric <laughs> medications. Yeah. All right, so, so, yeah, Brit's still alive. You haven't noticed. Because of strong psychiatric <laughs> medications. Uh, no, I'm, I'm fine. But it, it's uh, Sunday was a rough day. It was a rough day for a lot of football fans. Well, depending what team you were rooting for. Right. <clears throat> um. So yeah. Oh, and just oh, as we start off, uh, Britt is drinking something, but it is not alcohol. No, I okay. Cause, so because Sunday talked, was rough. <laughs> Sunday was rough. I talked about how I've been trying to do better and just you know live a little bit right. healthier. I took the break on Sunday, a six Until. beer break, <laughs> uh, a six beer break that started around three o'clock and ended around ten o'clock when I looked at my wife and said, "Life is no longer worth living. I'm going to bed." So. <laughs> Um, who was amazingly supportive throughout this ordeal. She was like, she doesn't understand football. She understands football, but she doesn't understand the passion I have for football. But she was very supportive throughout it, so I appreciate it. That's good. That's um, good. But yeah, what do you got? I can't tell because you've got it um, in a can cozy. Yeah, well, I, I still have oh. some Sierra Nevada celebration left. Oh, that's good stuff. So I am drinking that. But in this can is um, because, you know, I'm trying also trying to not drink as much. Right. You know, because life. But um, yeah, we're trying to do this podcast for yeah. more than like five years. <laughs> we liver uh, I have I have another athletic brewing run wild IPA. You know, I've been I've been pretty impressed with the athletic brewing stuff. I mean, they're right down the road from two roads, so it might just be the place we start have to. See I mean, start this going. is kind of I know this is weird for some people because people who don't like beer don't get it, but I actually like the flavor of beer. It's such an acquired taste. Like I enjoy. It's like sushi. Oh, I hate or sushi. coffee. Like I know people that hate coffee because they don't. You know, but I enjoy coffee and I yeah. enjoy beer. Like I just like the flavor. So. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I and and when it comes to IPAs, I really do too. I didn't at first, but it kind of really grew on me. So I totally hear you there. So uh, I definitely agree there. All right, so so we're both. Craig has one beer. I have some vitamin water, and somebody should sponsor us. Either Sierra Nevada or Coca Cola, who makes vitamin <laughs> water, but somebody sponsor us. Um, uh, bring hot take questions. Let's just jump right in um, because we're in that off week between the Super Bowl and God. the AFC Championship. We are not going to cover the Pro Bowl, folks. I can't even tell you Does who's playing the even Pro go Bowl. To the Pro Bowl anymore. Well, Jamal Adams goes to the Pro Bowl because earlier today he absolutely leveled the Patriot mascot. The, he did. He- the the headline on SB Nation was on behalf of all of us: Jamal Adams levels Pat's mascot. <laughs> um, I know Cinch would not really appreciate that, but you. Know, uh, John Wood. Yeah, our, our our friend John, the other John Wood. Yes. So most most of our friends would actually appreciate that. So all right, let's well let's get right into the questions. You want to go first, or am I going first? Oh, uh, you can go first. All right, let's talk about the Chiefs' biggest change. Okay. Which is that Don Sutton is out, and someone He's else is going to be coordinator. coordinating the defense of the Chiefs next year. Two high profile names have been dropped in a row on back to back days. Okay. And they were first that guy. Oh. Bobby Brister. Go. No, he's didn't he die? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan, thank you. Who's that guy? <laughs> I was like, it's one of those brothers. They're really kind of crazy dudes. Yeah. They're both offensive. So Rex Ryan, or the other one whose name I do remember because it was dropped today, was Steve Spagnolo, who was the defensive coordinator for the Giants for a while, and a pretty good one in my opinion. So, Craig, you are in the position of the Kansas City Chiefs. Just from knowing football and knowing me, you know about as much of their team as anybody else out on the street. Yep. Who's a better fit there, Rex Ryan Ryan or or Steve Spagnuolo? Hmm, That's a tough call. I mean, I I would say Rex only because being local and being the Jets, I would say I just know Rex. We saw a lot of him. We saw a lot of Rex. Uh, you know he's he's been a defensive coach since he started. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put him in the category of those people that are amazing coordinators, but head coaching maybe not so much. Right? Because the Jets' defense was pretty good when he was their coach. Their yeah. offense, their offense, not so much. No. Mark Sanchez, kids. Mark Sanchez. Yeah. Though in that time they did have Ladanian. At the end of his career, when San Diego yeah, didn't want him anymore. That's true too. I mean, uh... <laughs> so I I would say Rex in that case. Okay, I'm going to go with Steve Spagnuolo because 
I don't. I think Rex is much more of an anti-pass, and the the Chiefs need a lot of run defense help. Um, and the and the Giants' run D was really good when Spagnuolo was there. They should have made him the new head coach when Coughlin so. stepped aside, and they didn't. They went with Ben. I look like I'm the guy who's collecting protection money down in Brooklyn, <laughs> McMacadoo. Um, you know, I mean, if you ever saw a guy who looked like the Ita- Italian stereotype who's walking down the street going, hey, you know, that that was what Ben McAdoo looked like to me. He was like every mafia stereotype come to life in one person. You know, I mean, he could have stood there. He could have stood on the sideline with a clipboard or a gigantic hard salami. Either way, he would have he could not have looked more stereotypically Italian. But um, yeah, I, I would go Spagnuolo personally. And that's just I, I don't I don't really think Rex Ryan's going to help us very much. So. All right. So that's that. That's that's it for that question. What have you got for me? Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, <clears throat> this could actually be top, most of the topic for the podcast, but do you think the NFL is going to do anything about what happened in the Saints game? Are you talking about the play where Hulk Hogan did the leg drop? Yes. Okay. Because that wasn't Photoshopped, right? That actually that, happened. That's pretty much what happened. Okay, so there's a side story to this whole thing. <laughs> so I said to my wife, at 6 o'clock, I'm going to go out and make nachos. <laughs> okay. Because the, the Chief game was starting around 6.30. Right. That play happened at like 6.05. So okay. I was in the kitchen. Okay. I said to my wife, if something major happens, I need you to tell me. Okay. She was like, I don't follow football closely enough to know when something major would like, happen. You're, but you were like, some, you'll be able to tell. Yeah. I mean, so you see something out of the ordinary or something you're like, whoa, or something they show like seven times. Let me know. So I'm standing in the kitchen. She didn't say anything for a while. So I yell out, is anything happening? Uh, Somebody threw the ball. Oh, a long way. He didn't catch it. They're upset about it. I don't know why. They're going to try and throw it again. Oh, that's just a replay. I'm like, okay, no, this is not going to happen. This is not going to work. So I put together the nachos as quickly as I could, but I missed that play. So by the time I got back to my phone, the podcast thread was going nuts. (laughs) You and Singe and Adam and Sean were screaming bloody murder. And I'm like, what the holy hell just happened? And I did not see any of it. So I I felt really stupid because I missed that play. Uh, my poor wife was trying to understand <laughs> it and trying to communicate to me, but you know, she, it's just but, not her but thing. But then you did see it. I saw, yes, I saw it later. I, the, the, those referees, they they have to be disciplined. Um, I I just I don't know I don't know what else the NFL needs to. Do. Well, I do know what the NFL needs to do. The NFL needs to make all penalties or lack thereof reviewable by the booth judge, not by the coaches. Well, you know what? Do it the do the same rule that that they do on the field. So it's just you the think two like put it in the last like. Three or you know two or three minutes of the game. It's automatic. It's automatic. Every play should be reviewed in the last two minutes of a game, and I think that's the way it is. But yes, coaches should be able to challenge with the existing. And don't give them extra challenges. No, just give them one. No, don't even give them one. It is their challenge. It applies to the standard challenge rules, which is if you get what is you get two wrong, you're out. But if you get the first one right, you have two more. So you can never challenge more than three per game, and you have to have a timeout to do it. If you're going to challenge the penalty then you better be damn sure because if you're wrong, it's costing you a timeout because, uh, because if you add more to it and that might be good for the game too, because coaches will be less inclined to challenge those real borderline plays. Like we saw a couple of catches by the Patriots. There was one that Andy Reid did challenge that the Patriots upheld that got upheld for the Patriots. Maybe he thinks twice about that, even though it's a big game because he's worried about a penalty, right? You know, I just, that's where I think they need to start making penalties reviewable in some way, shape or form. Without making the game longer, right? I think if they add it toward the end of the game, like they do now, um, yeah, I think that will work. But they gotta do something. Do you fire those refs? What do you do? Well, they actually got moved out of the hotel they are in because <laughs> the NFL was worried about to. their safety. You have to. <laughs> um, I just don't. I don't know. I don't. What I don't understand is that you see referees refereeing crews all the time. They pick up flags. Mm-hmm. You call, you know, a touchdown. Some or well, not even. Yeah, I have seen it with touchdowns too. You call one thing, I'm ten yards away from you. Right after the play, I run up to you and be like, "That's not what I saw." Right. And they pick up the flag or they reverse the score. It's they nev- easier to throw the flag and pick it up than not throw they it. They never do it after the fact. Yeah, it's ever. very rare. Very rare do you ever see them get together and say, "Did you see that?" Yeah, but I wasn't sure. Did you see it? Yeah, it definitely have. And then the flag comes out. Right. Very rare. You see it once in a very great while. Maybe once or twice a season, whereas you see flags picked up at least three or four times a week across the league, at least. Right. 
you know, there is no penalty you know, for whatever, for whatever just may have may not happened. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's fu- It's kind of funny, too. The Rams actually didn't want this crew officiating this game because they were 0 and 8 with them. That's amazing. Officiating it. That's amazing. <laughs> and it's also when it, again, going back to perception, two of these refs are from L.A. It just looks again. I know that I'm the you know tinfoil hat theory guy, but it just looks weird. It's Tom Brady hugging the refs. But Essentially, the it just looks weird. It's, it's yeah, it's the other side of the ball now with that looking weird. You know, and while we're on the topic of bad officiating, that phantom roughing the passer call on Tom Brady. Yeah, sorry, Cinch. Okay, listen to me. Listen to me, Patriots <laughs> fans, including Cinch. And we're going to get a text message about this. At the 11-minute mark, roughly, of the podcast. He's going to hear this live somehow. He's going to hear this when we release it because he does listen when he's not on. Um, and he's going to be like, oh, holy hell. You cannot tell me that Tom Brady doesn't get preferential calls when a guy behind a play sees a player come from behind Tom Brady and without seeing the arm hit his head, calls contact to the helmet. And then when the replay shows from the front that he got him from shoulder to shoulder and the only contact with Tom Brady's heads was his eyelids as he closed to flinch. And then, and I'm not blaming Brady for that, but that's the closest to any sort of head contact that happened. And then you can't tell me that Brady doesn't get preferential calls. You can't. You can't. They hurried no. him up. The Chiefs' pass rush was so bad. They were they were in the they were first or second in the league. They might have been tied for first in the league in sacks this year. They, they got nothing. They knocked him over twice, and that didn't even count as one of the twice. They laid hands on him less than five or six times during that game, and they get that call. That's insane. That is absolutely insane to me. You cannot tell me Tom Brady is not handled with kid gloves by some officials in some situations when a call like that not only happens, but nobody comes up to the ref and goes, dude, you can't throw that flag. You got him across the shoulder. Yeah. See? Nobody yeah. <laughs> nobody came in Congress with him and said, hey, whoa, 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 before you call that, you got to talk to me. It's BS. It's BS. You know, and, and, and I'll maintain before I go into my next question, the Patriots didn't, and we'll get into this a little bit. The Patriots didn't win this game so much as the Chiefs that, failed um, to prepare. That um that seems to happen with everyone that plays the Patriots in big games. Well, but even they more magically so with this, forget how to play football. Two things happened that should tell you how bad the Chiefs prepared. One, Tony Romo looks like freaking Nostradamus in the booth. <laughs> He did. It's a, Mich- it's, it's a Michelle run also- to the right. Oh, here comes Gronk to the right side. It's a strong run to the right. It's a goddamn so strong run maybe, to the right. Maybe the Rams should hire Romo. <laughs> Romo supposedly has gotten multiple offers to work for teams. He should multiple work for the Rams. <laughs> so, and that's why CBS has given him a huge raise is because people are tuning into the game. People like his commentary. His energy is infectious. He was slightly orgasmic he, oh yeah. during that whole thing. We really do need to get him some Valium prescribed for the, for the next season. He need, I mean, they're calling the Super Bowl. Are they? Yes. CBS has the super. What the hell is going to happen there? Is his head going to explode? It might. I think he's the complete opposite of Troy. Oh, God. I I feel bad. Troy doesn't know where he is half the time. (sighs) I think Troy Aikman needs whatever they give. (laughs) Romo. Tony Romo. (laughs) You realize how many many freaking former quarterbacks, uh, I'm sorry, former Cowboys end up in the booth? Aikman, Romo, Moose Johnson. Oh, yeah. um, Moose. What's his name? Jason Witten. Yep. Ended up in the didn't Jason Michael Irvin's on TV. Michael Irvin's on TV. It's just weird. That's Jimmy a, Johnson's on TV. It's a higher number of Cowboys, I think, than other. That's because uh, the NFL is run by Jerry Jones. Yeah, Jerry Jones. I wonder if Jerry Jones gets a cut does, for all those does people. Jerry Jones own the NFL Network. He probably does. Or at least he thinks he does. <laughs> anyway, but we'll get to more game stuff in a, in a second because we're going to yeah. go into the, the the text message that I sent you a couple days beforehand yep. about what the what the Patriots would need to do to win the game and how I was absolutely right. And if Tony Romo can see plays coming, and I four days beforehand can say based on the weather and the setup of this game, this is exactly what the Patriots need to do, and we're both right. Then the Chiefs should have been able to prepare for that game, and they didn't. Okay. Question the third. Okay. So two very good teams lost this weekend in the Saints and the Chiefs. We've already talked about the Chiefs needing to make a major change in their entire defensive organization. Which they started to. Which they've started to do. What do the Saints need to do to be able to be a contender slash NFC champion next year? Because their team seemed relatively complete. You tell me if the Chief, if the uh, Saints make one change, what does it got to be? They need to give more rum to Joe Boo. More rum to <laughs> is what they need to do. He has to take the fear from the bats. Because <laughs> uh, after you know, freak non call this season, crazy last play last season. You're in New Orleans, which was amazing to watch in, in a bar. You're in New Orleans. Oh, were you in a bar? 
No, at Harlan House, remember? We watched Oh, uh, that was crazy. Two years ago. That was crazy. I think that was the last time we went to Harlan, wasn't it? Uh, last time together, yes. Oh, that's that right. I went time. once with the other crew on a night you were working. We did we do go during the off season because Tom was the one who said, "Hey, remember that night we were here and everybody went nuts on the football game?" Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, we need to go down there again. We've been in a while. The um <clears throat> the biggest thing they I think they have to change. They just need to bolster their defense because they can't really rely because what they're doing is kind of what the Chiefs did too and and the Rams. They rely so heavily on their offense. Mm-hmm. Their defense, like, eh, if we give up twenty one points. Eh, we can deal with it. And I honestly don't know what the cap numbers like for the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are a pretty young team. I can't imagine they're not going to have cap space. It's not yeah. like they're paying. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is on his rookie deal. Now he's going to want more money, obviously. Right. right. But I think if the I think if the Chiefs walk up to him and go, give us one more year, we'll give you a signing bonus, but we'll give us one more year before we renegotiate everything because we're bring Damian Williams back. We're going to give him a little bump up. We're going to give Tyreek Hill a little bump up because he. I think he is at the end of his rookie deal. I think he's at the end of his third year. I could be wrong about that. And then we're going to spend the rest of the money on on defense so we can get to a Super Bowl. I think he's going to be cool with that because he wants to win. The Saints don't have that luxury. Drew Brees is not young. No. Michael Thomas is definitely at the end of his third year, maybe his fourth. I think his third. Um, Ted Ginn is not coming back for a rookie deal. Mark Ingram is not coming back for for rookie numbers. You're going to have to go down to just Kamara next year. I think there's no question that Ingram's going to have to go elsewhere if he wants to continue to play football, you don't have that kind of luxury. You probably have a much higher cap number in New Orleans than you have in Kansas City, or closer to the cap, rather. It's going to be harder for them to improve the personnel on their defense than it's going to be for Kansas City. So More than I, likely. I honestly think the answer is New Orleans needs a second pass catcher, a reliable second pass catcher. There's that, yeah. Um, Traquan Smith showed up one week, never came back. Ted Ginn will only catch a ball that <laughs> travels a minimum of 25 yards in the air, refuses to catch anything less than that. Uh, Bubba Watson is a fantastic tight end, but he's not a good pass and catcher. He didn't play, they were on their third string tight end. Yeah. This past weekend. Yeah. Maybe they need a tight end to catch his balls. They haven't had a decent one there since Jimmy Graham. Remember how much Jimmy Graham was using that offense, that offense yeah. when he was there? So I, I do. I think that the primary need, I think their defense is serviceable. It's definitely better than the Chiefs defense, but I definitely think they need only know pass catcher there. So that's that. That's my take on that. So All right. So on to full-scale reviews of the games. Where do you want to start? You want to start with the NFC or the AFC? Let's start with the NFC. All right. Let's start with the NFC. This was just... Pass happy, everybody throw to everyone. Um, the biggest shock for me was the lack of Todd Gurley. Um, he looked ineffective. He dropped two passes that yeah, he did get hurt with like two weeks ago. Yeah, two or three weeks ago. Uh, he caught he, but and this is my argument. And Cinch said to me, Well, you know, when he hurt his knee, hurting your knee does not prevent you from catching a ball that you are stopped, have two hands on, and are looking in. And twice in the first quarter, he let balls go right through his hands inexplicably, inexplicably. And I get it, you know, Cinch was like, Well, it's all interconnected. I'm like, I know the song, you know, the knee bone's <laughs> connected to the whatever bone. Like, apparently, I don't know the song, but I know of it. Um, if you're stopped and stationary and you put your hands on the ball and you're not hit, you should catch the ball. It's not like he got you one should. hand on it or he reached for it. He put his hands out. The ball was there and it went <laughs> through both hands twice. So what's the deal with that? Is he going to be OK for the Super Bowl? Is he um, is he going to be a cool for the Super Bowl? Well, he has another week to rest, at least. And get in some type of therapy because I really don't know what he did to his knee, but you can tell it—it's something's not right. But it affected him, and I think clearly you know, when you get hurt, it's always going to be in the back of your head, like "Oh, it's going to get worse," or "I'm going to get hurt again." Uh, so yeah, hopefully, this what two weeks off? Well, right, it better week. be. Well, we yeah, can half off. But that's the thing, and that's the thing. The, the Super Bowl is a different animal. I was listening to NFL Radio today. I was listening to Moving the Chains. Because pretty much DFS is done for me. It's only Captain Showdown. And next week, by the way, prepare yourself. We are going to do a prop bet extravaganza. Are we? Because we only have one game to talk about and prop bets galore. And nice. a, and I'll get to that in a second. Remind me to go back to the prop bet thing in a second because there's already one out there that is just screaming for us to talk about. <laughs> um, but I don't want to get off of this yet. CJ Anderson has become, first off, a human bowling ball. The dude is is not in football shape unless football shape is round, but he has also become this individual where he just finds these teams to go to. He sat around all year eating bonbons 
And then the phone rings and the Rams are like, hey, would you like to come play for a team that's got 12 wins? And he's like, yeah, okay. sure. Hold on. Let me <laughs> let me make sure I can get on a plane and I'll get, I'll be there. You know, and and now he's going to the Super Bowl. He, he's probably going to get some lot of action. So in the Super Bowl. is C.J. Anderson the Ryan Fitzpatrick of running backs? No, because he makes championships. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, he, he is. Um, What was his name? He's the Bernie Kosar. He's the okay. Bernie Kosar All of right. running backs. He's a vulture. He's a championship vulture. <laughs> Never forget that. Bernie Kosar has two different rings and played and, and appeared in like three different Super Bowls. He appeared for the Cowboys. That's right. And won. The, who's the other one? He was on the Browns for a long time. He, I think he was a Bronco backup. He was the second or third string, the one of Elway's winning years. Well, and somebody else, he was a up. backup. <laughs> yeah, he. I think he played in three. He 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 was on the roster for two, at least two different Super Bowl teams. So he was. Yeah, he he was a vulture. It was a vulture because I remember I remember in that Dallas Super Bowl he kneeled out the last series just so they could get his name into the books and he was a and he yeah he he, he took three snaps well, all year and see. won a Super Bowl ring. Uh, he played for the Browns from '85 to '93. Yeah, that, he didn't win any. Belts and then there. he was on the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Oh, then he didn't play. In, uh, that must be my. Super- he was with the Cowboys when they beat the Bills in '94. But only that one year, he wasn't there twice. Right. Okay, so I, I'm wrong about that. But he went to two Pro Bowls. They go to two Pro Bowls with the Browns, right? Uh, yes. He certainly didn't make a Pro Bowl with the Dolphins or the Cowboys. He was the yeah. backup. And his uh, touchdown interception ratio was 124 to 87. He had 124 touchdowns to 87 picks. Yeah, his passer rating was 81.8. Well, that's not good though. I no, mean, but his ratio was good. <laughs> I mean, that's that's you know that's and he's 55 uh, three to two. <laughs> that's three touchdowns for every two interceptions. It's not fantastic, but it's better. Than, you know. Some people out there. All right. Anyway, really quick to the side, to the pride, the, 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 ah, the prop bet. Right. Right. The guy who is calling. All right. So that the Patriots are technically going to be the visitors in the Super Bowl. Right. Which means they have to call the coin toss. Okay. The guy who I'm drawing a blank on his name. They talked about it this morning, but the guy who always calls the coin toss for the Patriots has always in the seven years, he has been a captain for the Patriots has always called heads. He has okay. never called tails. Okay. His father was an NFL player in the 80s. He was a captain for three years. They looked back at the tape. He always called heads. Really? The guy has never once in his career that anyone could find, according to NFL radio, yep. a scenario and where how, he called tails. How long has he been playing? This guy's been a captain for seven years. They said seven years he's been calling coin flips. For the Patriots, and he always calls heads. The line <laughs> on heads or tails, tails is paying eight to one because this guy has never once in his career uttered the word tails. The heads bet <laughs> is paying, and this is where you get into the numbers. It's a minus bet. It's a okay. minus 220, which I mean, I believe means for every $2.20 you bet, you return one. Okay. So you're not even multiplying your money. You're betting two, and if you're if you're right, you're getting handed back three. Okay. So it's it's not exactly a strong bet. Would you take the tails at eight to one on the hope that this guy decides to do something wacky, or do you take the safe bet, say here's twenty bucks, and get ready to collect thirty, even though it's like such a marginal return? <laughs> you know what? Just because of how this year has been, we'll just go with the tails. They said something like thirty-four straight coin flips. He's cold heads. They were talking about, they were like somebody at, at the NFL network reviewed the tape of every, because again, the, the prop bets have become a big thing too. Yeah. I, I You take the safe bet? Uh, I take tails. Take tails? High both. risk, high reward. So here's what I do. You ready? All right. All right here it is. You bet both. <laughs> I bet both. You're absolutely right. I bet both. I put $20, 20, well, I think it's 22 to pay 10, to, to pay 10 out. So I paid, I paid $22 on heads. Okay. And then I put $5 on tails. Okay. If it's tails. I just lost twenty-seven bucks to make forty. If it's head, I just lost twenty-seven bucks to make thirty-two bucks. Either way, I went up ahead. All right, all right. I'm because the line is so wide, and it's work. only a two-option thing. That's uh, that's that's how I would play it. Back that's work. honestly how I would play it. So Vegas would never let me do that, but that's beside the point. No, they wouldn't. So, but yeah, but next week we will have a complete list of, of weird prop bets. Um, nope. I'll, I'll download one off the internet because usually a ton of them. I'll say this. I don't even know what the number is, but you always take the over on a national anthem. Always. Always. Who's doing it this year? Oh, Gladys Knight. Maybe. I think it's Gladys Knight. 
I think last night was singing the the national anthem. So I don't know, but her number would be pretty low. I, I think it's like four of the last five Super Bowls has gone over. I'll never forget the year. I think it was it was it wasn't the year Lady Gaga did the halftime show. It was the year before that. I think she sang the national anthem, and the over under was like three minutes flat. And I'm like, holy crap, it's Lady Gaga. It's going to be 27 minutes long. I like, I, I, and somebody was like, no, it's going to be the under. And I, you know what it was? It was, um, it was uh, Pruding's friend, uh, Pruding's cousin Gary. And he actually bet me a pack of magic cards <laughs> that it would be under. And it came in over and Pruding timed it. And then he says to me, that was, oh no, you know, I don't remember who it was, but it was the year that Tom Petty was the halftime show. He's dead. He's also passed away. So it wasn't Gaga. It was before that. Okay. But. When Tom Petty came on the stage, I said to him, I'll bet you anything he closes with uh, running down a dream. And Gary goes, double or nothing on that pack of magic cards. <laughs> and I said, done. And what's the last freaking song that Tom Petty plays? Running down a running dream. Running down a dream. He was so pissed. <laughs> Did you get your cards? Oh, yeah. The next, the very next time, because we, we used to get back in those days, we were younger. We used to get back in and play together like once or twice a month. And uh, a text message went out. We're going to get together and play magic. And I was like, yeah, tell Gary, don't forget my freaking cards. You know? <laughs> and I pulled something rare, too. I pulled something like it was expensive. I think I ended up selling it for like 40 bucks. And he was he pissed? That was, nice. that was just insult to injury. It was one of those, those rare cards that everybody was playing at the time. So I could walk into a dealer and go, here, give me 40 bucks. And he'd stick it in the case for 60. So yep. it was one of those things. So Nice. All right. So anyway, nice. so prop bet, big time prop bet stuff next week so craig gird your loins do your research <laughs> because some of them i like some of them some of them are, are actually player based like three or three or more touchdowns you, for tom brady you know my my predictions for the Bengals and the saints did not come true but my tinfoil hat theory did come true what that they wanted the rams and the patriots in there yep. to reenact the the rise of brady yep but does yep. it end differently this time no you think they want to give the old man one more yep does it put your tinfoil hat on? Yep. Well, as I said to somebody the other day, <laughs> don't forget if you take the two the team team names are the same. It was an established veteran on a high powered offense that couldn't be stopped, and it was against a young up and comer who'd been injured, who was replacing an injury played pro uh, uh, quarterback from the year before. And all of a sudden, the upset happened. The only difference is the teams are swapped. This time, the young quarterback is on the Rams as opposed to when it was Tom Brady and the true. Patriots. Do is you know the it, NFL trying to bookend Brady and kick I, him out the door the same way he came in? Uh, maybe. Though everyone, you know what everyone forgets um, in that playoff? Bledsoe actually won them the championship game. Because Brady got hurt in the championship yeah. game. And then everyone forgot about Drew. <laughs> yep. And then Drew went to the Cowboys. Yeah. And then Drew yeah. got replaced by Tony Romo again. <laughs> that, all that dude did was go out there and do his best and try to be a franchise quarterback for two different teams. And both times they drafted his replacement and said, go have a seat, son. <laughs> and now he runs a winery. He makes his own wine. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't remember what it's called. It's not something stupid. I, I hope God, I hope it's not I'm something like Bledsoe Wines. I'm pretty sure I'm Drew not Bledsoe. I'm at all. What's, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't like wine. I've never been a wine guy. Do. So what's that? I said uh, Laura and I do. Yes, you guys have actually visited wineries because you we like do. The, like the try the different stuff so much. I'm gonna look this up really quick. Yeah, go ahead. Drew Bledsoe. Drew bled so much. <laughs> Drew Bledsoe wine. Did I tell you about the the guy I played on Undraft.com who said I Eifert my back? No. <laughs> and had a picture of Tyler Eifert holding his back. <laughs> his team name was Eifert my back. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, it was awesome. He was needs hysterical. to not play anymore. Yeah, well, they need somebody he to play tight He needs to go back to Texas and do whatever it is he does. But he, he could go to, work for Drew Bledsoe in his winery. He needs to stop. Uh, he needs to stop. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> he just uh, just stop, Tyler Reifert. Just stop. Washington. Oh, yeah. He's from Washington. That's not convenient to get to at all. They're in Walla Walla, Washington. Wasn't, didn't he play for Washington? Like the college? Yes. Um, let's look it up. <laughs> it was him. Who was the other big quarterback that year? Was was that not? I want to say Trent Dilfer, and that's not it. What's Trent Dilfer? I think he raises dogs now. Trent Dilfer, he's also an analyst. Uh, he played. What's he played for Washington? He played for Washington State. Yeah, he was drafted in 1993. Yeah, Washington, was Washington, first... or Washington State. Washington State. He played for Washington State. Yep, he was the first pick. Yes, it was him. Because boys and girls, if you don't know this, way back when the Patriots were bad. Oh yeah, I think the year before that they went. Uh, what? Uh, one in fifteen, something like that. All right, that that's that's, that's good. That, yeah, we'll see if the mice pick that up. If you didn't, that was somebody calling out. Craig's phone number. <laughs> somebody just called Craig's phone to say, "Hey, nothing important. I'll talk to you later." Well, it's good. Good to hear from you. 
We should have picked him up and said, hi, you're live with the Football Fig Nuts. <laughs> we should have to do a call-in show. Hello, caller. <laughs> Boise, Idaho, you're up next. Go ahead. Hello, Boise. <laughs> God, could you imagine oh, if we... Did, and now I'm way off the rails. Imagine if we did a call-in show. Half the First off, we'd get a total of three calls. And two of them would be our parents. And probably. then the third one would probably be a wrong number looking for a pizza place. More more than likely, you are you're correct. All right, so, you ready? Wait, really quick. Yeah, please. This Wait, is the 19, 1993 draft. Are you ready for the top ten? I'm gonna give the top ten it, picks. That was that was the um that was the the Dilfer draft, wasn't it? Wasn't <clears throat> it? Wasn't that Bledsoe and Dilfer in the top no, picks? No. Who was the other one? You ready? Yeah. Drew Bledsoe, number one. Yeah. Rick Meyer. That's who it number was. Number two. That's who it was. He went to Seattle, right? Uh, who? Rick Meyer? Yes. Notre Dame. No, no, no. He was oh, drafted no, yes. by Seattle. Seattle, yes, yes. Because that was the big question. Bledsoe <clears throat> or Meyer? Bledsoe or Meyer? I guess it didn't really matter. No, then both. Uh, you ready for number three? Okay, wait a minute. What year was this? 93. 1993 draft. Is it, some, is it a name I should re- readily know? You will know who this is. Defense or offense? It is offense. Offense. Tony Baselli. No. Okay, go ahead. Is it? Garrison Hurst. Wow. For the San Francisco? Cardinal. Cardinals. No, Cardinals. That's right. He was Arizona first. Yep. He was number, Arizona first. number four for the Jets. Defense. Wait, 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 wait. No, not to Brickashaw. That was too early. That was too soon. Yeah, it's too, too recent. Defense. Was it what's his face? That, that's really great, Britt. That's great freaking radio. <laughs> Played for Florida State. Ah, Florida State. It couldn't have been Revis, right? Nope, nope, nope. Was too it? early for that. Marvin Jones. Oh, yes. Who I think was a guy that hurt Bledsoe. Yes, linebacker, right? Yep. Okay. Um, Let's do the top ten. You got the top ten in front of you? Yeah. Let's keep going. Uh, number five are the Bengals. They drafted John Copeland. I don't know who that is. Decent. He's decent. decent what what decent was he? Defensive end. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are number six. Eric Curry. Don't know. Safety? Defensive end. Defensive end. Okay, I remember he's on defense. Uh, Chicago Bears, Curtis Conway. You know, <clears throat> outside of those first three picks, that's that was actually a pretty decent pick. He turned out a decent career. Okay. Uh, number eight, yeah. the Saints, Willie Rofe. Willie, okay, now Willie Rofe was an outstanding offensive lineman. After he was with the Saints for several years, he was a Chief for several years and then retired from the Chiefs. He was beloved in both locations. They loved Willie Rofe. Yep. In both those cities. That's a great uh, pick. Let's see. All right. Number nine, Atlanta Falcons, Lincoln Kennedy. Oh, wow. Defensive tackle. line? Tackle. Tackle. Number 10, Los Angeles Rams. You ready for this? Played for Notre Dame. Wait, 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 wait. Played for Notre Dame. Give you his oh, position. it's got, uh, it's it's the receiver. No, it's the running back. The running back with Rick Meyer. Rick Meyer's running back. And it wasn't Garrison Hurst. Nope. Who was it? Jerome Bettis. Really? And he was drafted by who? The Rams. That's right. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot the the the, the Rams drafted the bus. Yep. That's there's something we're gonna do in the offseason. <laughs> we're gonna do one of those kinds of things. We're gonna have to do stuff like that a little bit more. You know. All right. So who had the pick of the draft? Keeping in mind that Bettis may have been the best player on that list, but he wasn't the best player for the Rams. He was the best That's player for true. another team. This is true. So we got to think about where the person played. Uh, I'm gonna go Willie Rofe because he was great for both New Orleans and then went to Kansas City and was great again. Uh, wow. I'd have to go with Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Can't argue with that. And that pick. All right. So let's sadly move on to the AFC analysis. The uh, AFC yeah, game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, so here's. Oh, so, so wait. One really quick thing. Yeah. Um, do you think that solely that play cost the Saints the game? No, no, uh, no, no more than the D Ford's offside cost the Chiefs the game. Opportunities before and afterwards, it's not one play. Right. It doesn't make it right. Even though how horrible the play was. Yes. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it okay because we're still presuming that the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs, the Saints would have converted something after that. That wasn't in the end zone. It wasn't going to be on the one yard line. So, you know, it's not an automatic. So I don't think that cost them the game. Do you okay. think that cost them the game? Uh, I do in the sense that if they got that call, they would have just run the clock out and won. And so Could they have? Maybe. You know, the big problem is because it was just so horribly it was blatant. blatant. Like, those, that was at least three penalties in one play. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was very blatant. Okay. All right, so let's talk about the AFC Championship. Let's talk about that, so, shall we? Craig asked me early in the week last week, what is the Patriot path to victory in in this game? We did a lot of talking in the text. And I said, the Chiefs are going to try and use Justin Houston to take away the James White backfield passes. 
which they did not do. They did not use Justin Houston the way I thought they would. Um, but I did say that they were going to try and run the ball up the gut with Sony Michelle. They were which going they to did. Re- they which they did. They were going to rely on short to mid range passes of five to fifteen yards, and right. they were going to target Edelman and Gronk with them. I specifically said Edelman and maybe yeah, they Gronk. really don't. I'm sure Cinch may know, but they really don't have a deep threat. Receiver, Chris Hogan, Chris Hogan, but, and Cordell Patterson. That's it. Those are the guys that they but like, throw too long. Would your defense really be worried about them compared to the other two? You, well, you got to keep an eye on them because if Patterson streaks by it and he catches the ball, he's gone. I mean, that's that's just the reality of it. But yes, Edelman. There is no reason Edelman should ever cut across the field and have open field, and he had it eternally on Sunday. Every time he went out five yards and turned in. The linebacker was either trying to push through. There was no coverage in the middle and it was the zone coverage was just terrible. And that's my, that is why I don't give the cheat. I don't give the Patriots as much credit for the win as I give the chiefs blame for the loss. The chiefs played a defensive scheme. So obviously not ready for what they were going to do as the Patriots that I predicted it five days in advance. They were going to focus on Edelman and short passes. They were going to run Michelle. That's essentially all they did. Now, granted, that big pass to Gronk in the at the end was, I think, about 20 yards. It was a little bit more downfield. Yeah. But bottom line is they did exactly – they are who we thought they were. Right. It's not like it was a surprise. It wasn't. It wasn't. And here's – this armchair quarterback saw it four or five days in advance, said the weather conditions are perfect for the short passing game and to use your running backs. And the running backs are better than the Chiefs running backs. Their core is deeper. Their core is deeper, and it's better. Damon Williams has done an exceptional job. I but he's take, a third-string quarterback. I will or take Sony Michelle over him all day long. Spencer Ware does what he can. I will take James White over Spencer Ware all day long. Who's the third guy after that? I don't know. <laughs> but you know whoever you know whoever it is. I'll take Rex Burkhead over him. I'll do it. So I, that was that was my issue. And and Cinch's argument was you still got to make the passes, Brett. You still got to complete the plays. But when you when you're running a high school level defense, and yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. It was that bad. A high school level defense what against they- a professional team, a Pro Bowl team could have made those drives because the Chief defense was that bad. That yeah, they bad. gave them a lot of cushion on pass plays. Too much. Way too much. Too I think much. they may have been worried about getting called for pass interference, but that was a there are some big cushions. Way too much. Up. Way yeah. too big of cushions, and that that was my issue with it. Beyond that, the Chiefs' offense took a long time to get started. Now, that's okay. I'm okay with that. What you need to do is you need your defense to step up, and that's where a balanced team is going to help you. If you rely too much on one side of the ball, then you're you're setting yourself up for failure, and that's what happened with the Kansas City Chiefs. They relied too much on one side of the ball and not enough on the other. I, I mean, the Patriot defense played a good game, but I don't feel like the Patriot defense shut the Chiefs down. The Chief offense just did not get started early enough. They gave up a lead. They tried to claw back, and they got themselves too dug deep, deep a hole to get to get ahead and pull away. That's yep. all it is. If they don't go down 14 nothing, then they don't have to go to overtime. That's it. True. That's all there is to now, it. Do you think... Eric Bieniemy having interviews was a distraction for them at all? No, because Eric but Eric Bieniemy is nothing but a a a practice coach. He doesn't call the plays. He doesn't talk to the quarterback. He doesn't interact. That is Andy Reid's ordeal. Andy Reid does all of that. So Andy Reid is basically the game day OC. Bieniemy puts in the 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 plan with which pretty probably is fed to him by Andy Reid. Manages the the practices to make sure that everybody's ready, and then on game day he handles everything but the quarterback and the play call. Andy Reid is responsible for that, and that's another one of my issues. Andy Reid needs to develop this quarterback. I get that absolutely. I do not want to see when your defense could not stop a slow rolling car in neutral. <laughs> I do not want to see my head coach sitting next to the quarterback on the bench going over play scripts. I don't want to see it. I need your attention on the part of your team that is failing miserably on the field. And that's right. But at the same time, I recognize that's his thing and he wants to do that. But still. But then that means you need a defensive coordinator who can handle the entire thing. You need a Wade Phillips out there. You need oh god, let's give, give me some other powerful names. Don't don't say Rex Ryan. Just don't say. <laughs> you need a Steve Spagnolo out there. You need yep. a, oh a, a Gunther. Remember Gunther? What the hell was his last name? He was the, oh yeah, the Chiefs DC, and I think he was briefly our head coach. He was really bad as a head yep. coach, but he was an amazing DC. You need one of those. Mike guys. Zimmer. Mike Zimmer is another good coach. Uh, Jack Del Rio is another defensive coordinator who's got enough experience that you don't need to worry about. Who it. might? Just, who may get a job with the Bengals? Good for him. Good. Good. A Marvin Lewis. 
You need yeah, a he's... defensive coordinator out there yeah. who you can just say, make it happen, and walk away and be fine with. And you don't have it. Don Sutton is not that kind of coordinator. And that's why he needs a new job. <laughs> and he will find one. He'll probably be a linebacker coach somewhere or a secondary coach somewhere. And that's where he, if that's what he's good at, let him go. That's fine. I'm fine with that. But there's a reason why when Sean McVay went to L.A., the very first phone call he made was to Wade Phillips because he's a Oh, really? Yes. The first coaching hire on McVay's staff was Wade Phillips. No kidding. Because at 30-some-odd years old, and yes, this kid was in junior high school when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. That was on the NFL Network today, too. He was 13 years old. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's a little younger than us, but yeah. He's He's 33. Oh, he's 33? He's 33. He's nine full years younger than Brady. damn it. Yes. (laughs) He's nine full years younger than Brady. So Tom Brady at 22 was winning the Super Bowl, and he was like, oh, I want to be in the NFL. (laughs) You know, and and that's, you know, that's that's a whole other thing. But you need that kind of, and the Chiefs didn't have it. The Chiefs setup requires a defensive coordinator who can take the ring, period. That's it. They need to improve the personnel. They they had to get rid of Marcus Peters because he was a head case. And he threw socks. And I, I'm waiting for it. You know he's going to open his mouth. You know it's coming. It's coming. Marcus Peters is in the Super Bowl, and the Kansas City Chiefs are not. Marcus Peters is going to run his mouth during Super Bowl media week. You know he's going to. I'm waiting for it. Don't care. How long was he a Chief? Uh, two or three years. Not not Super Bowl. how many of those years did he have socks? Uh, all but the last game of his last season. <laughs> I remember That's that. still I, I remember that because... Like our friend Tom, oh, hi Deb. Yeah, hi Deb. Tom was like into football for a while, then he he dropped out of it. So now he doesn't really watch it anymore. No, because uh, watching the Jets was painful. Yeah, he was a Jet fan. So, uh, but I remember that game. Were they playing the Jets? I think they were playing. The Chiefs were playing the Jets. With the Sox game? Yeah. Oh no, 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 was no, it the no. Jets? It was in the playoffs. It was the Patriots. We no, lost it was the a little. It was on, right? But I remember he turned it on, and he just, he caught it from that part. Yeah, he was flipping through the channels. He landed on the game, and he said, I wonder who's winning. And he sees, he sees he this guy like, what the fuck is going on? Chuck him into the stands. And he's like, what the hell? Football's changed. And, 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 and his whole argument was, well, I thought I'd been ejected at that point. Did someone tell you you were ejected? Then get your vegan feet back in the shoes and get on the field. What is wrong with you? Uh, yeah, yeah, Deb. This guy, he thought he got ejected from the game, and he... He threw his socks, and he came back out with no socks. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was shocked when they traded him away because of his attitude issues. But now he's been good for L.A., and L.A.'s yeah. won the championship, so good for them. Good for them. What yep. did the Chiefs get back in that trade? I don't even remember because apparently no. it wasn't that significant. All right, so the Chiefs are going to have a really late pick in the draft. What position would you draft? What Something they- on defense. <laughs> well, this actually, this is going to be a really heavy defensive draft, so there's a good chance for that. Do we have a first-round pick? I don't know. We traded up to get Mahomes last let's, year in let's the 2017 find out. draft. I don't know what we sacrificed beyond the 2018 draft. I know the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs had a first rounder this year and then didn't have anything until like Sunday. So I don't know what they have available. Uh, they have the 29th pick overall. Yes, because they're the second. I'm thinking in my head. Apologies for silence. The Saints had a better record, so the Saints will pick 30th. Yep. And then the two Super Bowl teams will pick 31st and 32nd. Yep. So 29th overall, you should be able to get a defender. There should be a defender sitting right there. Yeah, so the, the other t- thing you need to look at is running back. And But you know what? If it's a defense-heavy draft, then a running back might be staring you in the face there. There's that kid from Georgia. Oh, God, I'm forgetting his name. There's a lot of names in college. There's a lot of players in college, and they all have different names. <laughs> There's a kid from Georgia who just set the school's rushing record, and he's he looked really, really good. He's well, a, actually, so the top 10 picks are the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Jets, the Raiders, the Buccaneers, the Giants, the Jags, the Lions, the Bills, and the Broncos. But here, here's the crazy thing. The Raiders have one, two, three. They have three picks in the first round, so they are going to be the new version of the Cowboys. Okay. But – you know who has a 30th pick? Who's that? The Packers. They had to get that from somebody. From the Saints. From the Saints. So the, the Packers Saints are picking pick. 12th and 30th. Wow. So the Saints have no They have no first-round pick. 
I'm looking for the name of this kid, and maybe I have the wrong school. I just remember watching the game. I thought it was Georgia. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But I'm looking up the name of this young kid. Where is he? I'll know it as soon as I see it. Oh, come on. Maybe he's not as highly ranked as I thought he was. <laughs> and the answer is... The answer is Britt's got to look up into it. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> and I can't remember what school he played for. But I mean, in terms of, uh, oh wait, this is this is all positions. Just show me running backs. No wonder I can't find the names I want. Showing me everybody. Oh, Benny Snell. I'm sorry, not Georgia, Kentucky. That's a different school. Benny Snell. He's and Kentucky's Stint. all-time leading rusher. 5'11", 213. He's ranked number 100 overall. He's somebody they could pick up late in a draft. But let's. I'm just going to go right now off of CBS's rankings. Everyone who's eligible for the draft. So the Chiefs draft 29th. Let's just presume they're right. Zach Allen, defensive end from BC, is going to be there. Um, well, they don't need a quarterback. There's going to be an offensive tackle. Brian Burns from FSU might be there. Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame might be there. There's going to be defensive players there. Bless you. Allergies are ripping. Pardon me. So there's going to be options. There's definitely going to be options. But um, yeah, so I'm very disappointed in the Chiefs. Very disappointed. And again, if they had played a fantastic game and the Patriots South played them, I'd be fine with it. Right. They didn't play well. They didn't play well, particularly on defense, and it's time for some changes there. You know, everyone blames Andy Reid. Oh, Andy Reid can't win the big game. He's only been the one Super Bowl, and they flubbed that. Uh, this had nothing to do with Andy Reid. This had a lot to do with the way the Chiefs are set up and their lack of leadership on defense, and that's going to have to change. It's going to have to yeah, change. So, definitely. All right, let's move on to final thoughts. We got now, So next week, right, we'll next do our week. Super Bowl preview. Yep. Do we dare invite Cinch to that, that, that recording? Um, Can we have a Patriot in the booth? Craig's going to open a if, beer to complete this. Ah, Bush. Um, yeah, why not? All right. As long as he can contain his excitement and not turn into Tony Romo. Not Yeah. <laughs> and not get too angry when, when we get to the picks part and we're like, Rams. Rams 55-6. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we'll, 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 we'll reach out to him. All right, so uh, we'll do our Super Bowl uh, spectacular next week, and we will then do our um, our prop bets, yep, uh, and our usual stuff, and then, then one more game, and then yeah, it's, it's off season, season mode. How sad, off season mode. That went by fast. No, 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 it didn't. It was a very long season for me. No, it was a long season, but it, it, time went by fast. Now, are we gonna? Are, what yes. is this? What is this football league that's debuting on February 9th on CBS? The Alliance or something? Oh yeah, there's gonna there's like four football leagues now. Oh great! So we're, we're, are we gonna keep pay attention to that at all? Yeah, I mean, we could. We could try to. Um, but I'm gonna try not to. But okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll remain NFL focused. But final thoughts, Craig, go. Uh, final thoughts are, yeah, um, I hope you enjoyed this DFS season. Uh, it's a little, yeah, DFS is over kids. I know it's a little, it was a little crazy. I mean, you can still do captain stuff, but, uh, those are, those are difficult to do because you really just have to blindly pick who you think. But on a two, on a single game slate, it might be, it's, it's easier on a single game slate. You have to pick the one guy, just one who is going to your captain. And it might be somebody you never heard of. Well, this I'll tell you right now on a side note, I I won this week on DFS because of my captain. Well, yeah, because you know, I put Sony Michelle on a captain. I, what do they say to you in the text? They're going to yeah. run Sony Michelle down their throats. He'd... So I plugged Michelle in at captain. I filled in the rest of the spots and I won money. Yeah. Cause he got what? Two or three touchdowns. I don't, I didn't even look. I was so pissed off. I just saw, Oh, look, they put money in my account. I'm okay. That's it. Okay. They deposited more money than I bet. That's fine. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so we'll be shifting in off-season mode. So yeah. Super Bowl parties. That's my final thought. Go to go. one. Sure. Go to one. Are you one. going to one? Uh, I'm running one for the curling club. Nice. Are you, are you working that night? Uh, I don't think so. I'll sneak you into the curling club. I don't think they right. have a problem if I brought a guest. We have an open bar. Well, it won't be an open bar. The bar will be open, <laughs> but it's not an open Thin bar. bar. All, right, all right, And we do stock Road to Ruin. All right. So we have, a, a, among other beers available, but you can come and we're, I'm also going to run some board games for the guys who are down there. But that was the agreement I had. I talked to our club president before the Chiefs-Patriots game, and I was like, I want to volunteer to run the party, but I can't run the party if the Chiefs are in it because I'm going to be a monkey mess on game day. I won't be able to, to, you know, to take care of myself. I'm going to be an invalid, basically. <laughs> In terms of self-care. So how could I possibly run a party? Right. With the Chiefs losing, I said, all right, I can run the party. So I'm going to be making my world-famous pulled pork. So Nice. And by world-famous, I mean not really. It's just pulled pork, and it's just hard. Yeah, it's, it's easy to make. Right. So, uh, but yes, but if you're, if go to a Super Bowl party. I don't care if you don't follow football. You don't follow football, good for you. Go to a Super Bowl party. And Monday, this is, again, uh, part two of my final thought, the Monday after the Super Bowl should absolutely be a national holiday. 
It really should be. Absolutely should be. I've already told my boss I'm taking it off. It should and be. And I, I was like, yep, I'm taking off uh, Monday, February 4th. And she stopped and went, what is that? I'm like, it's a Monday. Is it the day after the Super Bowl? Yes, it is. Yes, and she was like, yep, it okay, is. there it is. It's a Brit holiday. So, yes, I'll be, I'll be taking it off. And, uh, yeah, look forward to the commercials. They're not as good as they used to be. No, they've been trailing but off. They're, they're, they're still amusing. I but... still say that. The, 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 so, really quick, favorite commercial, go. All time. All time, um, the E Trade monkeys, the, the monkey on top of the bucket <laughs> clapping, and then the, that's exactly where I was going to go. The monkey on the bucket clapping while they are clapping or dancing while the guy claps, and then they cut to the thing that says, "We just wasted a million dollars. What are you doing with your money?" That was yep. the, my favorite. That is easily that's, my all-time favorite E Trade commercial. The running of the squirrels is a good one. Yeah, I'm alright. <laughs> I'm not a squirrel fan. You know that. Yeah, I know. I know. But the, the E-Trade Monkey is probably the greatest Super Bowl commercial in my life. La- that year, too, really quick, um, that was when Family Guy debuted after the Super Bowl. That was hysterical. I remember that entire night in your apartment, we laughed from all the commercials. Oh, we were crying. All the commercials through Family Guy, we probably laughed for a good, like, three hours. <laughs> so, top Super Bowl commercials of all time. I'm all looking right. really quickly. Okay, according to USA Today, and this is from 2018. Okay. Uh, Still looking. Doritos Blaze... Alexa loses her voice. I think this must be, oh, the touchdown celebration where Eli Manning. Oh, <laughs> Alexa, stop. I just accidentally set off Craig's echo. So if you heard that. But you know, here's one we forgot that's more recent. Do you yeah. remember when uh, Eli Manning and Odell Beckham reenacted the dance scene from oh, yes. Dancing? Yep, yep. That was a, a reasonably uh, a reasonably uh, new one. So, but yeah, that's, uh, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. But anyway. I'm babbling. We've gone over time. Excellent. And, you know, it, it's so easy for us to get distracted and just talk when there's only one game to cover. This is true. And it's two weeks away, so we don't even have to cover it. All I can do is complain about the previous week's games. That's true, too. So uh, go forth. Enjoy your week. I would say enjoy the games, but the only thing happening is the Pro Bowl. And let's be and honest, the Pro that? Bowl is not a game. It's it's a gathering well, it of people. it is a game. How is it a game? Because it keeps it, score? Yes. That's pretty much it. <laughs> I defy you to tell me the score of the Pro Bowl from last year or which side uh, won it. Uh, AFC? I don't know. <laughs> but you could always, I could say, give me the winner of Super Bowl 50, and you'd be like, oh, that was blah, blah, blah. But you couldn't yeah, tell me who no. won the Pro Bowl in a given year. Guarantee right. it. No. Okay. No. Fair enough. Well, then we will see you next week for our Super Bowl extravaganza. Until then, have a great week. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fignuts Podcast. <laughs>